Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bat Trick Up Podcast. I'm James Rooster Bowen here with Justin Martin. And today we have a great guest in, in studio with us. Uh, if you are a fan of YouTube truckers and uh, the great sages out there, uh, we have one of the best in the business with us today. Uh, I want to welcome Snorlord to the show. Uh, he's, he's a musician caveman viking trucker uh snorlord introduce yourself to everybody and kind of tell us how where that came from good morning uh thanks for uh having me i appreciate this um so i, I can give you the the origin story of snorlord in in general right so back in the day i was you know i had a death metal band and um we would play gigs and, you know, and, and the way you saved money in the underground music scene is you slept at people's houses. Well, I have always had obstructive sleep apnea to, to the 10th degree. I've had two sleep studies and both of them were like, that was impressive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How are you even still alive? You know, and, and now, and, you know, and, and like as a kid, it like it, it wasn't, it has nothing to do with the way it has to do with the structure of my throat for me. And when I was a kid, I go have, you know, friends overnight you know that kind of thing sleepovers and and they're like hey by the way i gotta warn you i snore oh man you know my dad snores no big deal or whatever and then the next morning they're you know they're they're hovering above me with the baseball bat you know so you know so i was a snore uh, you know I, i snore pretty loud right so there was a death metal band that were friends of ours called vor v o r e and at that time, before the Facebooks and before the MySpace, he started a uh, message board. Remember message boards? Mm-hmm. And they had just come out with an album called Lord of Storms. Mm. And so his avatar name was Vorlord. And we had spent many nights at, at this person's house, you know, doing a lot of gigs down there in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And they called me Snorlord. And so that's <laughs> what he named me on this message board. And I just... I just stuck with it. And this was way before I was a truck driver. So when I became a truck driver, I was like, well, there's my CB handle right there. Snorlord. It's perfect. Then, yeah. I, I had the same stuff, stuff same issues with, with the sleep studies. I had one, they said, uh, can you hold your breath for a solid minute? And I said, no, probably not. And they said, well, you do when you sleep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think in my, my first study, I woke up 59 times in the first hour. <laughs> Wait, that's, and, that's once, that's once a minute. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man. I'm like, I'm like, like. I think they got a poster of me at the sleep clinic around here. So, um, obviously, you know, I I have a machine, a CPAP machine now. So my wife's a happy person, and yep. But you know, it's just the name stuck. So when I first started to investigate becoming a truck driver, and now, mind you, I'm second generation. My dad had passed. He was a truck driver, so I knew what I was getting into. But I wanted current you know, updates. So I got on YouTube and I found people like Tex Crowley, Eskimo Sean. Um, oh, I can't, I can't remember a couple of the others, the original guys. Right. And, and, um, and at that time, YouTube had just started the partnership program. And so a lot of these guys were looking for music that was, that didn't have anything tied to it. wasn't owned by a publishing company. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've got music. So I raised my hand, and, and and so I got in that circle through my name, using uh, my band's app. You know, name of the band is Apnea. So there's that, right? And <laughs> and so that's how I got in that circle. You know, and 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 mind you, it is death metal, so a lot of people didn't use it, but it did get my name into my foot in the circle. So I started a YouTube channel. 
it, that one's called Snow Alert OG. That's the one where I, I did music to driving videos and there's some band stuff on there and, and, and all that. And that channel kind of got neglected. And then when I went to Landstar as an own operator, I decided I was going to do just a talking head. Here's me in my truck. Here's the struggles. Cause I'm an idiot kind of stuff. And <laughs> because no one else was, was doing that at Landstar, I think there was two other YouTubers at Landstar and they weren't consistent. And so, um, and then my circle recognized me and started to follow me there. And then that channel just blew up and then it became, that became the music vlog channel and that became the driving, you know, stuff that became, here's me dropping and hooking in trailers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it just progressed from there. And then about last year, I thought, I wonder if I could still get into that old channel. So I typed in, got my password changed. I'm like, Oh wow, cool. So I named it Snorler OG. And now the big long name that everybody complains about, Snowlord the Metalhead Viking Caveman Trucker. <laughs> Someone made the comment because of the long beard that, you know, you look like a caveman. You know, I'm in and out of the Springfield Underground caves all the time. So why not add caveman? I am a metalhead. I do like the Viking culture. So why not throw it all in there? And so when I'm in the chats on YouTube, you know, my name stands out, you know, and it, it's been great. And I remember another YouTuber gave me crap. He was like, Snowlord can your name be any longer? And I'm like, yeah, I can. <laughs> I think I added a word to it. So it's, it, I'm, I'm kind of honorary that way. With a beard that long, you need, you need a long uh, username. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was griping in our uh, Slack channel when we started. I was like, Oh, we finally have a guest with a beard longer than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny. Uh, wheel burner. He was, TJ Jones, he was live doing, you know, the, a lot of these YouTubers will do these open forums on StreamYard on Saturday nights and, and Wheelburner was in there, you know, he was, his channel was great during the Canadian trucking convoy, you know, and he's a good dude and, and he's got a beard. He's an older guy with a beard. And I went in there and like, Hey, Starler, what do you got to say? Well, I just didn't want Brian to be the only one with the long beard in the, in the chat. <laughs> so, you know, so a lot of people give me crap for it. Um, you know, I, I believe other YouTubers call me homeless looking, but hey, my right. wife loves it, and, th and that's all that matters. And it hides my ugly face, so there's that. Hundred, exactly, hundred percent. My wife has seen <laughs> photos of me on Facebook prior to the beard, and I'm stuck with it now. She's like, "I will divorce you in a heartbeat if you get rid of it." So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny that you. Uh, so you guys all use YouTube mostly, and you're doing your live streams on YouTube. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started about, you know, TikTok. There's a huge trucker community on TikTok. And I've kind of mm -hmm. accidentally stumbled my way into it. You know, I'm doing TikTok for work necessarily. I, I didn't even have the app before you know, we launched back the truck up. And mm -hmm. first couple of videos, it was like clips of stuff we, we you know, had on like What the Truck and a few clips of like Ingrid Brown. But the very first one I did was like my face. And it was me talking about an article where a driver had uh, either fallen asleep behind the wheel or had a a cardiac uh, arrest issue and uh, killed a family, you know, and, and oh, wow. uh, nu nuclear verdict happened. And like the whole company basically went out of business overnight. And I just went on like this little 30 second spiel about, you know, this is why you need to really pay attention to your, your sleep, uh, take care of your, your, your night rest, et cetera, et cetera. And within a day it had like 75,000 views. And I, I, my first wow. thought was like, okay, something either, either I, either I said something brilliant or I said something stupid and everyone's <laughs> mad at me. Um, but it's really just the, 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 the way the platform works. It's, you know, you get uh, a hot topic where people can c comment on 
and that generates they call it heat and that that will basically spread the video itself for you 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 said earlier you have zero interest whatsoever in getting on tiktok well so here, here's the <laughs> so i i see the value in it right because sure. you know you now let me ask you a question this mm-hmm. is a two-way interview i hope you i hope you realize that <laughs> oh absolutely um do you find that like how often do you post something to tiktok like how often like twice a week uh, once a day my 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 goal it perfectly would be one to two a day i'm lucky if i can get probably three to four a week um just okay, so, I, I, I have a two and a half year old at home and so i'm like taking care of him and i'll right. have times where like i spend a good couple hours like hashing out my ideas, writing a script, putting all kinds of time and effort into it. And then it gets like 50 views. And then other times, like I have five things going on at the house at once. I'm trying to get laundry done, trying to feed my kid. And I literally slap something together in like 10 minutes and it gets half a million views. So it really... that, that was, that was going to be my question is okay. a bipolar because YouTube shorts, you know, I've, I've dabbled in that. I recognize mm-hmm. the value of that. You know, everybody's attention spans are going to crap. So why not try to capitalize on that? And when they started monetizing, I was like, you know what? Let me try the shorts thing. So, but it would be a random. Yeah. And so I had a, I had, I did a, a short, like when, like, you know, I get a lot of people calling me, Hey man, Nastic just told us that fuel's going up, you know? So I did a short at the fuel Island as I was getting fuel for the truck saying, oh, fuel's going to go up 15 cents, 15 to 20 cents tonight, so get your fuel before midnight tonight, that kind of thing. And that did well. I expected that, right? But then I'll just do a random short with my cat sitting on the porch. Yep. 1,400 views. I have security I have security cameras that I recorded a raccoon on our porch. 1,500 views. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, so you, YouTube, YouTube is, as a platform itself, YouTube is 100% throttling quote-unquote regular videos and they're pumping shorts as hard and fast as they can I've, I've been following guys on youtube for years that have you know subscribers in the millions and they have the data they, they're like look this this is what my view counts were a year six months ago on my videos and then you see like the, the chart just you know decline but then they're like our views on shorts are just skyrocketing oh wow and i, I think it's not just youtube all the all the platforms because every everything that i record um, so for whatever reason, the YouTube app is, or, or the, I'm sorry, the, the TikTok app on my phone is like kind of janky. When I use the selfie camera on there, it's, it's like flickers my, mm-hmm. my face on there. Yeah. Um, so I use uh, Snapchat to record my videos and then I post it on TikTok. And then because the TikTok videos are saved onto your phone with the watermark, mm-hmm. I'll take those videos and p- post them on our Instagram, our YouTube, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I can see like, almost always will get more views on TikTok than the other platforms. But there's occasions where it might not do too well on TikTok, but then for whatever dumb reason on Instagram, like the reel just, you know, explodes. I get like 5,000 views on Instagram and maybe like 150 on TikTok. So yeah, it, it, I have no idea. And we don't, we're like, we just hit 10,000 followers on uh, TikTok. Oh, wow. And we're 3,000 followers on um, Twitter and, you know, maybe a couple hundred on the other platforms. So we're, we're still like working our way up. But yeah, it's 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 a totally random, you know, whether or not you're gonna have a video really take off. Yeah, and my son, he 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 came out here the other day, and he's like, "Dad, did you know that you, there's a TikTok account called Snowlord?" I'm like, really? <laughs> so he showed it to me. I took a picture of it, and I posted it on my community page. This is not me because Post I talk bad about TikTok all the time, and I don't, I don't know who it is. There's no views, hmm. there's no postings, um, so I don't know if someone grabbed that. And I'd have to bite off them if I want to, or 
Yeah, you know, I, mean, I know there's a lot of that that goes on. It's a cool name, so maybe somebody's a squatter. Um, I'll get we'll get follows on TikTok, and I go to their accounts, and there's like absolutely nothing, nothing mm-hmm. there. Um, my username on Twitter is is Super Trucker, and I did absolutely nothing with it for years, and then probably about six years ago, I started using Twitter more, and I wasn't using for, for trucking at all. So it was like a weird account because early on I would get all these like truck companies and freight brokerages adding me because I had trucker in the, in the name, mm-hmm. but then it kind of petered off. And then now that I'm, I'm I have freight waves in my, in my bio, I get all kinds of people adding me on there now. And everyone tells me like what a great username it is. And I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. Super trucker is like an insult. <laughs> the name is totally ironic. <laughs> Twitter for me is kind of, it's either feast or famine. Sometimes I'll mm-hmm. I'll put like eight posts at once and then I won't touch it for a while. I've been trying to wean myself off of Facebook. Like, you know, you get that report on the phone of how much time you waste on each oh. app and Facebook is oh. through the roof. So I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to calm that down. And, and so, but I'll replace it with Twitter and I'll, I'll retweet a lot of stuff because, you know, I'm health conscious as well, or I try to be because, you know, I did lose over, 120 pounds as a truck driver before I got home. So, um, that, that kind of, so now my Twitter feed is, is, is either health stuff, um, with the carnivore and keto and all that stuff with the low carb thing. And then I have trucking stuff and I, I believe I follow, I follow a couple of people on freight waves on Twitter, but you know, it it might be a once, once or twice a day kind of check and, you know, and, and, but I mean, I found that like if I owned a brick and mortar business, I realized like, oh, I got to start a TikTok, <laughs> you know, and I recognize the value of it, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm there, there's a whole in-depth thing about the short form videos that kind of bothers me. And it, it's, it's creating a mindset that we want our information now, you know, instead of learning how to run a freight lane, they want you to tell you how to do it without telling you why, like, Oh, Hey, I just want to know that Missouri to Wisconsin is great for van. Okay, that's it. Boom, I'm done. I'm over. Your, you know, your stuff's too long. And so it, it's been tough for me to get in the shorts mindset. So I just pick random things like, oh, here's my cat. Here's here's a <laughs> knife that I bought. You know, in the Snorler OG, I've been doing, oh, here's a firearm I own. You know, that kind of thing. And, and, and it's just random. And then there'll be a couple of trucking things. I did one. I had to move a trailer last week. I had to get my trailer DOT'd. And so I had to back into the spot and then I, I just showed the short, Hey, look, I, I can still back, you know, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> and, and that was it. It had like, I think it's got like 1500 views, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Educational stuff is like really, really big. Um, cause a lot of the, a lot of the things that people search for are, you know, how do I do X, Y, Z? Um, we had, um, I'm blanking on his last name, this kid, Joey, uh, he used to work um, for a rail company years ago and he had a, like a YouTube channel on the side and he did one video. It was how much do conductors make? And then just basically quit the channel for like a year, went to driving trains, quit that. And then went back to his YouTube channel and that thing had like half a million views. So he's like, Whoa, okay. And what had happened was, uh, you know, there was talk of a recession. So everybody was Googling, you know, how much do truck drivers make? How much do doctors make? How much do XYZ make? So mm-hmm. anything with like questions in the title, that like people are Googling that like shoots you straight up to the top search results. Um, and then trying to keep content under a minute for me is like the hardest part because yeah, I try to share everything I can on all of our platforms at the same time. And the YouTube shorts are like the biggest throttle because 
shorts are limited to one minute in length on YouTube. Yeah. Versus, uh, I think TikTok, you can go up to three minutes now. Um, and like that really <laughs> limits, like I, I'm not, you know, I, I can talk pretty fast, but like you want to still come across clearly and, and, and clearly, uh, clearly and precisely <laughs> in the videos. Um, also just so you know, this isn't like live or anything and we do video for recording, but the podcast itself will be audio only. So yeah, if you, I noticed that. if you, if you need to do like a retake, oh, or we're not wearing dress you know. shirts, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a paradigm shift with YouTube. You know, when I first got into YouTube and, 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 you know, it was all about creativity, like text Crowley, Texomatic. He was awesome at that. He can, he can, he can circle your truck with a camera and make it look like a big production. Hmm. And, yeah. And, and that was, you know, people like him and, and Eskimo Sean. And, and at one time, Mike Stevens was like that. And, and pale rider TV, you know, that we all, kind of did that thing it was creativity and then there was a paradigm shift to how-to videos now it's like hey look at me i'm a you know it went from hey look at me i'm a truck driver look at my truck look how cool it is to back now it's like here's how to back here's how to get into that dock here's how to you know remove your fifth wheel or whatever and i mean anything you know there's so many times like i had to put this my wife got me this big workbench for christmas one year i'm like huh the instructions on this kind of suck. YouTube, boom, there it was. I'm like, you've yep. got to be kidding me. Like, even the most remote things, like, hey, how do you replace a headlight on a 1982 Chevrolet pickup? It's there. You know, it's it 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 it's it's pretty interesting. But the bad part is, is now the creative people in YouTube are like, they can't hit those algorithms. And YouTube has yeah. embraced the whole how-to, which in my channel is evidence of that. If I do a music driving vlog where i'm talking about my load and i play some music go down the road you know with the fast motion going on i love doing that but man it might get 100 views and then i talk about you know getting your irp on youtube it gets a thousand so it, 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 it's crazy and, and and it's tough for some of these older creative youtubers to kind of you know they recognize that that's what's against them now and and i and i feel like tiktok has trans has had that same paradigm shift Whereas before it's about how, look how cutesy I am and, and the kind of dancing stuff. And then now there's a lot more how to like in China, the TikTok in China is actually, you're not allowed to be cutesy. It's, it's all like, how do you do your homework? How, how to progress, you know, Mm self-defense, you know, martial arts kind of stuff. And, and they give you a limit, you know, and they, and they put these break videos, you know, like, do you need a break? You know, you know, whereas we're, we're kind of given the, the opposite you know, and it's, you know, I, I, there's like other YouTubers I've talked to that I've been like, Hey man, you haven't put out a video in over a month. He goes, yeah, man, I get my phone out and I'm going to get ready to do one. But then I figure out two hours later, I've been on TikTok watching stupid stuff. And I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I find myself doing that with the Instagram and Facebook reels. So I'm, I'm yep. guilty of that. Yeah, you know? no, there was a, a, a fantastic podcast. I listened to a couple of weeks ago called uh, modern wisdom with uh, Chris Williamson. And the guest you had on at the time, they they basically talked about TikTok for an hour. And so I have two nieces. Any, anyone with kids or like nieces or nephews, you know, they can tell you it, if if it weren't for the parents telling them, "Hey, put the phones down. We got to do stuff." They will just be on that thing for twelve hours a day, no problem. And like that, there are I'm sure there are some bad parents that are enabling that, you know. So it's not it's not too good. But if you want to be really cynical about the app itself, look no further than how 
it's wide open in America versus how it is in China, where the company that owns it is headquartered. You know, they're like you said, the kids are restricted on the app to more, no more than I think, you know, two hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only accessible, you know, during certain hours of the day. And then the content itself on there is very uh, pro self-improvement um, educational mm-hmm. stuff. It's, there are no, you know, twerking videos and stuff. Maybe there are, but they get, they get shot down almost instantaneously. Um, but I, I, th- I think awareness is, you know, they're not going to ban it. I, all this talk about banning, I, I think that's just to fan the flames. It's too late. The genie's out of the bottle. Even if yeah. it's not TikTok, you say they do shut down TikTok. All the other platforms are, are using their own version of TikTok. But I think education and awareness are the, the two best things. It's, it's like smoking. You know, you're never going to ban cigarettes, but you can tell kids, you know, hey, this is what, you know, the health consequences of smoking can lead to. Uh, awareness is key right and i I think of of it more of a pandora's box because i can't sit here and bash tiktok and then sit there and waste half an hour watching youtube shorts and and that's why (laughs) youtube is really pushing them because you know tiktok kind of took over you know facebook kind of sliced their own throats by banning you for just the simplest words but i mean they're still massive don't get me wrong but they're more i mean the young kids are not starting facebooks and yeah the in YouTube, you know, Google's like, man, this TikTok thing just surpassed us in popularity. We need to do something about that, and and so that's why they've been when they started pushing the shorts. I I recognize, okay, there's a why in there, and that's kind of how I look at freight. That's kind of like you know, if I see that the market sun, suddenly is good out of Atlanta, I'm like, there's a why. I want to figure out the why, and that usually helps me. You know, so it, it, you know, awareness is key. And don't just figure out the how, figure out the why, figure out the what, you know, people want, people are impatient now. Tell me that this lane is good. You know, tell me which truck to buy. Well, there's 20 questions that we need before I can answer <laughs> that question. You know, that kind yeah. of thing, you know, because people are just impatient and, and, you know, so, so my shorts, if I, if I go really hot and heavy with them, it, it, it will be, I, uh, I don't know. It might be snippets of the live feed. You know, if you watch some TikToks and some shorts, you notice that it's edited, right? Like, yeah, like, like they're cutting it up to make it into that one minute, right? They're like, so there's no pause between, you know, like if, if you go, Hey, what's up? I'm doing great. You can cut that. I mean, you can fine tune that to where it's, Hey, what's up? Hey, doing great. You know, that kind of yep. thing. And, and you notice that and that's how you get them under a minute. I imagine if this takes off, YouTube will expand the time, you know, one or two minutes, you know, or, you know, basically by another minute. And I, I'm with you on that. Sometimes it's hard to squeeze everything because I'm not, I'm not going to edit a one minute video like with 15 cuts on it. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm no, lazy. I'm honestly, I'm honestly surprised they haven't. Well, so to give a little behind the scenes of how this show works, the way I edit everything is I import the audio into Audacity and then I'll normalize the levels and then I use a truncate silence filter and I only truncate it down to half a second. But if I really wanted to, I could tell it, look for anything that's over like 0.1 seconds in length and, and truncate it down to that. Now, the oh. problem with that is it's going to make it sound like we're just talking nonstop without taking a breath. Um, yeah. And for a, like a 30 second to a one minute clip, that's fine because that's what people people are wanting those little those little bites. But listening to an hour long show where people are just like blah, 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 back and forth, oh, it's, it's exhausting. It is. Yeah, I, there's a couple of podcasts I listen out outside of the trucking verse that I'm just like after 30 minutes I'm like, I'm out, you know. So I have like <laughs> eight people on the panel, and 
and they're talking about the doom and gloom and everybody's in trouble and all that. And I'm just like, I'm out, man. I got to watch some heavy metal videos or, <laughs> or listen to some Viking music or something. I, I'm, I'm out, you know. Freight Waves can kind of be like that with their live cast. I watched their live cast between eight. You know, I'll get a phone call or I've got to make a phone call. So I'll pause it. Then I'll fast forward through a lot of the, you know, the, the filler stuff, you know, stuff that doesn't pertain to me or like their little commercials that they put. Um, and then I look for the carrier update. So a lot of times I'll pause it. I'll do that on TV too. We'll pause it. So I don't have to deal with the commercials. <laughs> I've become <laughs> impatient with that. So, but. Um, so talking about how everybody was all doom and gloom. Um, was that pretty much the case for you? Just, not to like dwell, dwell too much on the doom and gloom. We're, we're, we're hoping for a rebound in 2023, but how was your 2022 or 2021 really? Um, 2021 was a, uh, was an interesting year for me because when I first came to like trucking, um, you know, Jeff had, had left Snyder because of the collision mitigation. Um, he had just bought a new boot, you know, he's only two years into a new truck. And so he was like, he was leasing it, but still he's like, you're, you're going to tell me that my two year old truck isn't good enough for you. Yeah, I'm out. And he Can was you tell a, the audience who, who Jeff is. Sorry. Jeffrey like he owns like trucking. He was a big ambassador over at Snyder and um, he was a recruiter slash driver. He was an owner operator there for, you know, 10 years. And, and so he had, I mean, he was making buku bucks just in referral bonuses alone and he would mentor you. So, uh, he, he rescued me from Landstar, you know, I was at Landstar struggling going, Oh man, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And, and so he reached out to me and, and said, look, I can help you. I was at Landstar for nine years. But then he showed me his numbers over at Schneider as an own operator, and, and they have a click and go system. You don't talk to brokers, you don't talk to agents. You just like, oh, that load looks good, click. And and they, they were the pioneers of that, you know. And so I moved my truck at that time. It was a a black uh, 387, 2009 387. I barely squeezed in before they required it to be 2010 and newer. And then after about a year there, I I, I was able to get the truck I have now. And anyways, when, when Jeff left, he started his own carrier. And so after about a year, I decided to join that carrier. And his promise was, look, as the carrier grows, we're going to put people into the office and you're, you're going to be first on the list. And, um, so I had a five-year plan was like, do the spot market for five years and eventually get to the point where I can be out of the truck. And, and, and so after like about two years ago, he made me safety manager because I don't run that hard. Um, and so I was home a lot so I could manage that. And if you, if you have your own authority and you have more than 10 trucks, it's by law, you have to have a, a separate safety manager. You can't just like, Oh, the wife does it. You know, you have to have <laughs> a specific safety manager. So, um, and I have the most seniority, <clears throat> excuse me there. And, um, so he started a brokerage and he's decided that some of these guys aren't good at self-dispatch. You know, because you've come over to like truck and we're a spot market company. You come in, um, you get a percentage and you run your business how you want. As long as you're safe, you're not burning bridges with brokers and all that. You, it's it's self-dispatch, just like Landstar, just like Schneider. And so, and that's who he was attracting, ex-Schneider guys, ex-Landstar guys. And yeah. And why, uh, and why were these, and why were these guys leaving those, the, the company? Well, Back in 20, late 2017, early 2018, the spot market rates went through the roof because of the ELD mandate. And, uh, and so they, at that time, spot market rates were higher than contract rates. 
and and so with Landstar, you can get a better percentage on you know you know Landstar, you get sixty five percent of line haul revenue, whereas you can go to a company like ours and get eighty percent of line haul revenue. Mm-hmm. So there was an attraction there, and so twenty eighteen was a booming year, and that's when Jeff started his authority, and and that's when everybody was leaving contract freight to go to spot market freight. Now. As 2018 progressed and people flooded the market and rates, the bullwhip effect, as you guys have put, goes down, well, it created this void. And then pretty soon Schneider was like, they had an ad on SiriusXM. It literally said, spot market got you down. Well, come on back to Schneider. They sent me a letter saying, hey, we missed you. Our rates are better now than what you're getting, you know, that kind of thing. And so what people don't recognize is that once you enter the spot market, there's, and you can see it on the graphs on freight waves. It looks like an EKG. There's a high up, <laughs> there's a low down. I mean, it just, and if you don't understand that element of the spot market, man, it is a struggle. And so enter 2021, I mean, you could throw a rock and get a thousand bucks for, you know, two, 200, 300 miles. Yeah. It, no matter what market you were in. And it was glorious. I mean, I was literally, I didn't go chasing the big money across country, but what I did is I was picking up a load out of Rogers, Arkansas, taking it up to Sedalia, Missouri. I, would, I was getting about twelve hundred for that, and then I would grab a load paying anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand, going from Kansas City to Springfield, Missouri, and so and I would just I was literally doing that for weeks on end. I'm a gravy train guy. If I see something that works and it's consistent, I will do that. I I did uh, two weeks of. I was making 1100 a day running from Joplin to Rogers twice a day, just running <laughs> fruit juice or whatever, some carbolicious stuff that's bad for you. And, <laughs> and, and I, I don't mind doing that. I love doing that. I'm a guy of routine and all that. So that's what I primarily did in 2021 is I, you know, every now and then I'll take a load to Columbus, Ohio. Every now and then I will take a load to Dallas. Every now and then I go down to Florida for big money and then come back up. But beyond that, my running areas were pretty much the same. And I've been, the whole time I've been a truck driver, I've lived in Springfield, Missouri. So I know the lanes here. I know what works, what doesn't. I know the brokers have got certain lanes. You know, we've got several shippers, um, you know, and it's highly competitive here because we got Prime, we got IWX, we got Transland, we got RBX, you know, we got, you know, Werner handles all of Bass Pro's, you know, freight in and out. So, I mean, it's it's very competitive and just knowing your market. And, uh, so 2021, I, I just concentrate on that knowing and that's the thing I got on YouTube. I'm like, look, man, you guys are enjoying these high rates, but the same people screaming about don't make minimum wage, $15 an hour are the same people that are like, Oh, this is awesome. We're finally getting what we deserve. We deserve $5 a mile. I'm like, it ain't going to happen. It, 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 some bad things are coming. And sure enough, equipment shortage, um, that occurred predominantly because of COVID and then, um, and then the demand for trucks went through the roof. You know, I paid, uh, back in 2017, I paid 60,000, 59.9 for a 2014 T680. It had 380,000 miles on it. When back in the height of 22 MHC in Joplin, which is where I bought my truck and my truck's an X prime truck. They had a bunch of X CFI trucks. They were charging 120 to 150,000 for the same mileage truck that I bought. So like anything from 300 was 150,000. And then they had some trucks that had 500,000 miles that they were charging 120 grand for. Absolutely insane. Let me see. So 
I drove for a company in California that got us brand new Freightliners in 2013. And I think at the time, like we had, we had to follow the guys from the dealership across the state line, sign the paperwork, take possession of the trucks and then bring it back into California. And at the time, I want to say those trucks were like 170. And I mean, they had, you know, 47 miles on them when we took possession. Wow. So I'm just, I'm looking at the used prices right now. Uh, God, it's, it's, it's at the right now or they won't even list the price. They want you to call. So whatever. Ain't <laughs> dealing with that. But it's it, this, the prices are still, are still sky high. Yeah. They're and, coming, and, they're coming down, but it's still, it's still up there. Yeah. They're, they're starting to come down, but um, so that boom's almost over, but here's the thing. Trailers, I don't think are going to come down that much because one of my original plans is I was going to buy five trailers and lease them to like trucking. So Jeff wouldn't have to have investment in trailers. I would make the money from the trailers and, and then COVID said, no, you ain't. So, <laughs> so I, uh, so I, 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 you know, at that point it was survival. So back in, you know, back in 22, when, you know, the shutdowns were happening, you know, truck stops weren't letting you buy food and somebody had to get your coffee for you. And, you know, back during, I stayed within the 300 mile radius because at that time he had all these rumors. Oh man, they're going to shut down the highways. You know, this city has gone into martial law, blah, blah, you know, you know, you know how the internet is. And so my strategy was I was going to take a 300 mile radius once the rates kind of picked up, but rates dropped. Like I'm, I'm talking like a dollar a mile out of here. And, and so I, I spent 10 days going, I ain't moving this truck for that, man, 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 you know, and knowing that this would return. And that's the thing with the spot market is whatever we're dealing with today is temporary. You know, a lot of, you know, so when, when, when you were talking earlier about the data coming from the ships coming out of China, I saw that as a warning and I, and I knew it was legit, even though you didn't see it. it it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a hurricane, right? You can have a hurricane warning, but it's nice and sunny, you know, there's no wind yet. And you're just like, oh, everything's fine, you know. And then once that that wind wall hits, man, you're like, oh, crap, they were right. You know, that, that's kind of how I, I viewed those bullwhip effects. And and I can go back during Facebook memories. I used to keep journals of all the loads. And I recognize that, you know, I recognize the trends that I dealt with with my freight in my area. And and I knew that that bullwhip EKG effect, as I call it as well, I, I knew that what comes up is going to come down and vice versa, you know? So how long do we dwell on the bottom, right? Right now, I think we've hit bottom. Some people are, are saying that this is going to last well into the summer. So let's say that they're right. You know, it's, it's like, take the doom and gloom out of it. Let's be real. Let's look at what's in front of our hood right now. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do in the worst case scenario? Let's say that that's true. These warehouses are full. There's nothing coming out from China in the van world. What do I do? Well, let's fill a void. No one likes multiple stops. So let's concentrate on that. Let's find the products that will move regardless of the, of the economy. That's like Coke, Pepsi, bottled water, charcoal, you know, stuff that people use at home. Um, so I would that's what I concentrate on. And that's what I try to do on my YouTube channel. I'm not like, Oh man, we're so screwed. You know, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm like, okay, look, things suck right now. So let's just show you how I'm dealing with it. And if you can learn from me, cool. If not, if you got something else, share your info. You know, if you've got like a hidey hole secret weapon, you know, broker that's keeping you busy and you want to keep that to yourself, that's probably a good idea too. So there's a balance there. And so what I do is I show the hot market map off the one, two, three low board. 
I'll get on the DAT and show the load ratios. These are the states that you're going to have better luck getting a better rate and or at least be able to make 40 phone calls and not be through the whole entire low board within the radius. And as long as you could do that, well, how do you do that? Well, you got to be efficient. You got to keep your costs low. And, and that's something with a good rate, you know, with a good, good market. And so seeing the ebbs and flows of the market dropping and, and peaking and dropping and peaking, you just got to create your own consistency. And that's, that's kind of what I concentrate on. That's what I figured out. So. Yeah. Trying to explain to people that like aren't in the industry, don't know anything about logistics or whatever. All they see are like charts and graphs, like super, super high. And then the line falls and then kind of goes flat and they're like, Oh great. Things are back to normal. And it's hard to explain to them. Like you don't understand when that line drops, that's not things going back to normal. That's like people going out of business. That's people mm-hmm. losing their, their hats to all this like overinflated equipment that they bought. Those are warehouses that bought stuff at super inflated prices that now are stuck. You know, like so people, people complain about, um, you know, consumer good, like you know, dishwashers, et cetera, still being so expensive. And they don't understand that when those items were imported, it was when, you know, those shipping rates were record high. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting in a warehouse racking up storage fees all this time. And the cost of the, the price of that to the consumer is not going to go down until all that inventory is gone. And then the new cheaper inventory is brought in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're all, you always have to be thinking two, three steps ahead of where everything's coming in and going out. Yeah. You know, for a while I had a driver, you know, so let, let me backtrack here. So as I was doing the safety thing, Jeff calls me and goes, Hey, I've got this brokerage. I'm not really doing anything with it. Uh, a couple of our drivers want to be dispatched because self-dispatch is a challenge. So do you want to fill that void? I'm like, absolutely. And so I've learned a lot. And so I had one driver that loves multiple stops and he told me about John Deere. And I'm like, well, John Deere, man, that's, that ain't going to last long because the economy is getting ready to take a dump and who's going to afford, you know, overpriced $10,000 tractors. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Everything that they're building now is back ordered. Yeah. So it's back ordered. It's been ordered and paid for. I'm like, okay. And we rode that gravy train for over a year and still do okay with that. Um, that, so, you know, recognizing these trends and these drop-offs, that's what I try to do, you know, and, 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 and I can't tell you how many times I have somebody call, Hey Steve, I need some help. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Well, I pay $4,000 a month for this truck. That's got 600,000 miles. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just, I, I, I forget we're audio only. So I, I just, I, I just kind of put my, my hand on my forehead and just like, okay. And, and I, I literally have to tell these people, if you don't get that truck refinanced, you're, you're, yeah you're done. And, and I've been correct. I had one guy call me and he had over $200,000 in debt and he had two EIDL loans that he got lost both mm. those trucks. And so th- there's, he's probably facing some other issues as well, but he's like, well, I, I, so I'm like, well, how do you want to run? He's like, well, I'm a flat better, but I don't like the tarp and I, I need to stay within a 500 mile radius of this. And I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah, limiting. I, 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 I see uh, bankruptcy yeah, in your future. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he, he agreed. He's like, yeah, I'm probably done. Aren't I? I'm like, yeah, dead man walking. And, and so 2021 allowed that to happen. You could get sloppy. You could have a truck that only gets four miles to the gallon. You could run 80 miles an hour and it would 45,000 pounds and not have a care in the world. And that was one of the saving graces of 20 of, of 2020 
during the shutdowns is that fuel got down as low as like a buck 89 a gallon at time in pl- some places now you know so you had this trifecta you had the high equipment the high cost of maintaining that equipment and then the high fuel and then the rates started to drop and it just it was this i guess that's four things but these things put a lot of people out of business whereas in 2020 the idl loans and the ppp loans kept people afloat so it never naturally you know there's a natural process to this you know evolution is the people that don't know what they're doing go away during the down market that's the positive of down market but if you're able to sit at home for a year because you got a big eidl loan it it didn't it didn't phase out all those people that should have went out of business yeah you're just kicking a can down the road pretty much and that's what happened and so when the rates started to go sky high and you couldn't find equipment and and you're just like i was like i was just like man this ain't gonna be good this ain't gonna be good and i got on youtube i said look man this is all fine and fun and dandy and you could sit there and say we're finally get what we deserve but guess what's coming on the other side and sure enough if 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 i go to dallas texas and ch robinson only has four loads within 150 mile radius and you're lucky to get a buck 80 out of it that that that, and, and fuel is high i mean that's that was me last two weeks ago trying to get yeah. a truck out of Dallas. And I was like, wow. And that that's a reality check. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, everybody at our carrier is doing, they're doing all right. And they, they've managed to get all their costs down. You know, we don't nickel and dime the contractors like some other carriers do. And, and we've got a pretty stable business right now, despite the fact that we're a hundred percent spot market. So um, dispatch, you know, at one point I had seven drivers I was dispatching, finding loads for, and, and, and it's gotten as low as one. I'm back up to four, but it's always fluctuating. And half of it was people went out of business because of their cost, or they went to contract freight thinking that that grass is going to be greener. But as freight waves have showed, contract rates are going to come down too. So it's like, you can, yeah, you can avoid you can avoid, you know, kick the can down the road. Like you said, you can avoid as much as possible, but the reality is you got to create your own consistency. You got to make everything as even as possible, whether you're working nothing but contract or nothing but spot, or you're doing a combination. And, you know, and when you say, when you talked about earlier about people that don't know logistics, there's a lot of veteran, great truck drivers that have been in this business for 25, 30 years that don't know anything about logistics you try to explain it to them. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, more, there, there's more to the brokerage than the other guy on the other side of the phone. Yeah. Cause so I always made it a point to like be company driver. I, you know, I was started to make a carrier state company driver and then I was hauling military freight for a while. And then out of that, um, switched to local out of Philadelphia. And then I was before joining Freightways, I was uh, with the post office for the last five years. And so I, for me, I never had to pay attention to any, you know, the rates of freight, anything like that. As long as the check cleared, I was, I was happy. And that was the whole point. I went to the, to the post office because, yeah. you know, if my paycheck bounces for them, we got bigger problems. Yeah. And, and, and we're starting to see that. So I, I'm looking at, so not only am I aware of what's going on in logistics, but I'm, I'm paying attention to the economy and, and paying attention to those patterns because I started trucking in 2008, right before the 2009 crash. Okay. Yeah. Same, same here. Yeah. And, and I was a company driver. I was a company driver for six years for only one company. And 
that that's that's hard to find these days you know normally i know people that have changed companies six times in one year (laughs) and so i've always been about consistency and it was a company that got me home every weekend or every other weekend i'm sorry and so that's kind of how i've based like this is a great way to run we were always doing springfield to mechanicsburg pennsylvania and then we grabbed batteries out of mechanic or out of topton and and took it either detroit oklahoma city springfield or atlanta and then rinse repeat you know um i've been to all 48 states and so i knew kind of what to expect you know i got family out in phoenix i got family in florida i got family in new york and while i've only been to seattle as a truck driver like twice i know what the terrain looks like i know what the the market looks like now and and so that gives me, a, and, and that that's a valuable resource in and of itself. But you have people that have had their own authority for 10 years that still don't understand that there's more to logistics and the broker-driver relationship than what you see on the surface. And, and so one of the people that have really embraced my channel is CDN Freight Broker. And this is a guy that's, he's a Canadian freight broker, and he's really kind of helped me understand what the other side of the phone looks like, you know, him and, uh, Sage, Sage podcast or whatever he's called now that was, he reached out to me and, and he wanted to learn about some dry van stuff, how to deal with that. And, and I wanted to learn from him. So I learned sales pitches. I learned negotiation tactics. And, and, and once you get down to the bare bones of how this is created, it could be overwhelming for someone that just wants to get in the truck, do his job and, and and go home you know and, and and there are a lot of people that will watch a channel like mine and like that is way too much mental work uh, i'm out you know and i get it i mean you know i live and eat and breathe logistics at this point and it does get tiring but you almost have to have a love a passion for it so it doesn't seem as daunting when it becomes when it becomes difficult yeah it's the it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't you know when you not just you, but everybody. When you when you first learn to back a truck, you know it's it's a pain in the ass. You're you're jackknifing all wrong, and like the geometry in your head isn't isn't correct. But like, just like any muscle, the more you use it, the better. Hopefully, better and stronger it gets. And just like with dispatching or logistics, you know it's it's learning how to ride the bike all over again. Yeah, and the key for me, this is what I also learned: keeping a calm mind. So I I've worked in the last five years. I've worked in on working on my emotional because look, I, I was a vocalist for a death metal band for 16 years. So I know about anger. I know about reaction. I know about throwing stuff and, and, and just getting aggression out. And, and so I realized that that's not going to work in trucking. And I'll give you a perfect example. I was a company driver and I was trying to hit this dock. You know, you got to do the 45 degree and hit it just right because there's not enough length. You know, I, I couldn't do it to save my life. And I came out and I asked one of the other drivers if they can help me. He's like, yeah, but you're going to have to unhook your trailer because I can't drive your truck, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, give me a minute here. So I got in the, you know, of course, everybody's watching. I got in the truck, took a big, deep breath, went, um, and then boom, got it in the first time. And, and so when I became a trainer, that's what I concentrated on was, look, when you're, when you got 20 people watching and you're having trouble getting into a dock and you're trying not to hit things, it's easy to hit the panic point and make a stupid mistake. You know, there's an infamous video on YouTube of this USA driver who was trying to turn around from a bridge. Oh, and he, I've seen that. Yeah. And, and if you look at the video, he could have just backed up like 50 feet and then he had enough room to swing around, but he didn't. He yep. panicked and literally 
totaled that truck. Yeah. Um, I think for a while, USA Truck there in Arkansas, in West Memphis, they had it on display. Like, this is what you don't do. Mm-hmm. And so I recognize that you can't have that panic point. Well, booking your own freight, dealing with brokers, dealing with all that, you can't have a panic point. And so when everybody's losing their minds, if you're the calm one in the room, you're going to survive just like a burning building. You know, if, if you're panicking, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. But if you can keep calm and know where the X's are at, you're, you're good to go. And that, that's kind of what I try to do on my YouTube channel. It's like, okay, look, things might suck right now, but, you know, let, let's get through this. Let, let's, let's give you some hope and let's get through this. Yeah, I, I was a supervisor at the post office for about six months. And so you're dispatching, uh, depending on your shift, whether you're daytime or nighttime, anywhere from, you know, 100 to maybe 125 drivers for oh, wow. an eight-hour shift. And so everyone has their own routes, everything, as long as everyone comes in to work for the day, it's the easiest job in the world, but nobody ever comes in. It's, it's, you know, this was like uh, pre COVID. And so the, your government employees, it's impossible to fire, to get fired at all. Um, so you have tons of call outs, the, the, the old adage of like rain, sleet, snow, hail, mail. No, everybody calls out. It's, it's crazy. Um, so your, your work day is constantly plugging the holes of like, if you have 70 drivers, on the schedule for that day and 12 of them have called out that's 12 lanes that you now have to figure out how to break up other drivers routes and plug, plug those holes in. And these are guys that have been driving since before I was born. And I think I'm going to go in there and tell them how to do their jobs. Absolutely not. You know, so you have to like, you gotta learn to schmooze. You gotta say, Hey, can you do me a favor and get this stuff done? You can't say, okay, buddy, this is, this is what you're going to do. And this is how you're going to do No, you're going to get chased out of that office in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with dispatching. You know, you're, you're the whole reason people get into truck driving is they want to have the freedom, personal space, the autonomy to do the job as they see fit. Hopefully if they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and micromanaging to me is like one of the easy, the fastest ways to chase somebody out of the cab into, and, and into a different carrier. Yeah. And that, that's what we took pride in, you know, Snyder, I loved working at Schneider, but for some people, it may seem like a lot of micromanaging. Like you got to wear these boots, you got to wear your safety vest, you got to, you know, their safety videos. You can't even turn on your CB radio, that kind of thing. And they got a huge Bluetooth. You know, you can't even use that going down the road or whatever. And hmm. and it's it's all liability, right? But but yep. you know, but you got to do all these check calls, and you know, and and so it seems like micromanaging. But you know, there's a lot of people that don't know how to handle freedom, like. Like if you come over to like trucking and now you're in the spot market, we're not micromanaging you. As long as you're being safe, I can see you on the ELD, you know, you're good, but, but we're not there every step of the way. And some people can't handle that freedom. And so that, that's a big part. And, and, and so when things get tough, it's easy to lose your bearings. It's easy to kind of freak out per se. And, and, and I've had to learn not to freak out myself. And, and, and so whether you're in a good market or a bad market, you know, because, and I remember this, you know, remember Periscope, you, you remember hearing about Periscope. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of us, that's how we all met was through Periscope, you know, cause it was the only live stream pro- platform at the time. And it was fun, you know, and that there was, was a Twitter, po- right? Yeah, it was, it was a Twitter, it was a Twitter based thing. So I remember I blew my turbo on my truck. And I was sitting there in the hotel room and, and I was looking at a $9,000 bill Oof. and, 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 and someone called me and goes, Steve, how are you not losing your shit right now? And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> what's that going to change? You know? So I go, I go to gratitude. I've got a hotel. 
Um, I'm, I'm, the shop has got a good reputation and I have a means to pay for it. So why should I be losing it? You know, I'm sorry if I cursed, you know, um, it's a podcast of truck drivers. We can say whatever the hell we okay, want. Okay. All right. Cool. And <laughs> I, I try not to curse on my YouTube channel because, you know, you know, I do know that kids watch, you know, and I, you know, that's, that's a different story. But anyways, the, um, I'm like, what good is it going to do? And what am I going to do? Like go all rock star on this hotel room. Am I, am I going to sit there and pace the walls and, and let that stress build up? No, I, I'm just going to be like, look, I, I count my blessings. And that's what I tell people. Sometimes you wake up, you have that curse load, and the only blessing you got is you're breathing. You're not taking a dirt nap. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so I was talking to this with a friend of mine yesterday. Like, part of my pre trip when I'm checking my truck out is I do the, like this gratitude like list. I'm like, oh, you know, thank you for, you know, I'm grateful for the truck stop that I'm at. I'm thankful for the parking space. I'm thankful that no one backed into me. I'm thankful that the truck is running and there's no leaks, you know, and, and, and I find that that helps calm and people have started watching me on YouTube because I have a calm demeanor. There are a lot of people are like, that's the void you're filling is while everybody else is all doom and gloom and, oh man, it's going to suck and you're going to die and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, look, man, there's always hope. Let's calm down. Let's, let's do a gratitude check. And you know what? If the rates suck where you're at, here's how you can deal with it. You know, here's the state you want to be in. And, and here's what, how I look at something like that, because I've been in all those scenarios. I've been the guy losing his mind. I've been the guy that almost had a panic point and took out a car. You know, I've been there, I've done that. And so it's, it's through experience. And so somebody that's only been driving for two or three years, I think they can value from that. Yeah. I think, I think, um, the kind of content out there that drivers are looking for and, and, as you've seen, you know, with the content creators that are, are pushing it now is they're not really talking to the wider audience of drivers. They're, they're, they're going deeper and deeper into like the earlier and earlier stages. So it's, mm-hmm. it's all how to videos and, and, you know, how do I fix this or how do I pre-trip this or how do I get my CDL? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a bigger audience out there trying to get into the industry and that's like the best kind of content you can create for them. Um, and having the calm demeanor, I kind of liken that to you being like a metalhead. Every metal guy I've ever been, I've ever seen, all the metal singers I've ever known on stage, they're absolute monsters. You know, the scream of their heads off or whatever. And as soon as that mic's off, they get off stage. They're like, Hey, what's up, man? My name's Mike. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, that that's absolutely true. We're, we're a very loving, you know, community. Um, you know, I, I've got some great stories of Richard Christie, you know, who's on the Howard Stern show. You know, he, he started, he made his musical start here in Springfield and, and he, he, he's as goofy as he is on the Howard Stern show, but man, he gets behind that drum set. It, it's almost like a transformation. Yeah. Um, but you know, I look, my dad was very overreactive. He'd sit there and beat the steering wheel, you know, and go, son, if you ever become a truck driver, I'll break your arms. You know, he did not want me to go down this path. And you know, it, and so I learned that, that look, you know, you got to be that, you know, that meme with the dog sitting there like everything's fine, you know, and, and the whole building's <laughs> on fire. You don't want to be that oblivious. But at the same time, it, it does no good to panic. It does no good, you know, and, 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 you know, we have a lot of victim mentality going on as well. So that doesn't help. But I started my, my original blog, you know, with a B, remember those? Mm-hmm. Um, I started a blog on truckersreport.com on their message board. And I, and I basically 
chronicled, journaled my my realm of into CDL school and my first year as a truck driver. And looking back, I wish I would have done that on YouTube. Um, and a lot of people, like even to this day, it's like, man, I came across your stuff on Trucker's Report. Man, that was pretty handy when I got my CDL. I'm like, really? That stuff's like, you know, 14 years old. You know, <laughs> it's, out of, it's, out of, it's out of date now. Yeah, pretty much. And um, and then I did a blog for a while off of Blogspot, and it was called Downtime, and realized I didn't have a whole lot of downtime to make downtime. So, <laughs> you know, but um, but no, I, I I try to, you know, I had someone on my channel this morning and was like, hey, you need to do a video on how, you know, you sit there and say you know your lane. Well, can we do a video on how do you figure out to how to know your lane? I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. So. You know, you're constantly learning, you know, you're constantly, you know, it's like anything else. You got to learn to manipulate. And and so you got some YouTubers out there saying you need to get out of the spot market. It's it's horrible. It's it's going to disappear. I'm like, no, no, no. It's 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 just going to transform into something else because I'm still getting emails from brokers that have a lot of freight. They're just not putting on the low board because as much as we hate dealing with brokers and their unprofessionalism, they hate dealing with carriers and their unprofessionalism. And, and so it goes both ways and being able to be on both sides of the fence gives me this overall look that I can try to help people with. And, and the ones that want to argue or say that I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't have an ego. They can tell me I'm wrong all, all day long. And if I truly am, I'll apologize for it. But if I'm not, I just, okay, man, well, you do what you do and, and, and good luck to you. You know, that's a, that's a very Zen way of looking at things. Um, speaking of panicking, what do you think about, um, this new race now to try and get 18 year olds behind the wheel of commercial vehicles. That's a horrible idea. Yeah. Because they don't know how to manage their emotions yet. They don't know how to manage the panic points yet. And I remember, I remember how I drove as an 18 year old, even knowing what it was like to be in a truck. Cause I used to ride with my dad every summer as a kid, I still did stupid things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it takes a certain mindset, regardless of your age, it takes a certain mindset to drive a truck. You know, when I was a trainer, I said, you got to get rid of your four-wheeler habits. And that's one of the bad things about these automated transmissions is it's a little bit harder to differentiate that you're in your truck versus you're in your car. Um, and so to put an 18-year-old in, into an, an automated transmission, 80,000-pound vehicle, that's it, it's not the old days where, you know, you learn how to drive like that on your dad's farm, you know, yeah. or running, you know, grain from you know, on the back roads, it's not like that, you know, they want them on the interstate. And, and I think it's a horrible idea. And, you know, I mean, even, even the early twenties is kind of young, but I understand that, that, you know, they want to go through, you know, the CDL mills have dried up and they want to go for younger people. And, 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 and the other element to that is I think that they'll, they'll be easy to take advantage. Oh, are you 18 years old? You're driving. You're, you seem to be a pretty good driver. Let me hand you the keys to a, a new truck. And now you're a business owner. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't sit there and, and hire a kid to wash dishes for your restaurant and suddenly hand him keys. All right, now you own it. Good luck. And that's and essentially the, what the, they want to the, do. The pay, too. People don't understand the downward pressure on wages that this is going to have. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen since deregulation. Um, my first year with trucking um i made like forty five thousand dollars a year which looking back at it now is laughable but going from twenty thousand dollars a year to forty five thousand dollars a year woo, that's that's quite a jump um so you like the dishwasher 
perfect example. A kid making absolutely nothing, working working at a restaurant, washing dishes, to now making, you know, forty thousand dollars driving a truck. What do you think that's going to do to uh, everybody else at that company? Right, and so people, yeah, people I, I are think kidding themselves. I think it's a horrible idea, um, and you know, I, I don't keep up with that kind of news stuff as much as I should probably. But I thought they had shot that down. Is is that oh, been no. passed? So there's there's a couple of states that are trying it. Um, PA, Wisconsin, I think maybe Florida. So they're they different and different states have different like exemptions for you know agricultural reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're trying to push inter, interstate out of interstate, and um, I there's not enough pushback on that. I think uh-huh. nowhere nowhere near as much pushback that's needed. Yeah, and it's it's insane because you know the other element to that, and you'll probably agree with me is insurance, right? So if you have an eighteen-year-old kid that causes a catastrophic, you know, event, now everybody's insurance goes up. You know, and and I just, yeah, I think I think it's a bad idea, and but you know, everybody's all, you know, that that's the thing. A lot of people are distracted by the wrong things when it comes to the trucking industry. Well, but see, they, they already have mitigation against that. They have carriers that self-insure. They'll just put more tech in the truck, more cameras, more sensors, more automation, more cruise control options. So, they, yeah, it's it's going to be a downward spiral of rates are going to get lower. The experience ceiling is going to drop and the, the trucks are going to become more and more car-like. You know, every every truck basically now made has an automatic transmission. Uh, they're covered in sensors. They're covered in plastic all that shit breaks and the parts to replace them are getting harder and harder to come by. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember being in a 1968 Ford cab over. That was probably the roughest ride I've ever had in the truck. <laughs> you know, and I was a teenager going, dad, this sucks. And he's like, yeah, but it's a loaner truck. So we get mine, you know, and, 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 and like nowadays, a lot of drivers wouldn't even be able to get in those trucks because of, yeah, you know, health issues and all that. But, it, it, it's you know now they're going to have assisted steering you know and so you know for a while the youtube community a couple of years ago was was hitting the panic button about autonomous trucking and and so my stance on that is well do the stuff that autonomous trucks wouldn't be able to do if you're just a generic drive van going from say phoenix to dallas and back that's all you're doing yeah your your job might be threatened but if you're doing you know, LTL in the Northeast, I think you're going to be fine. Um, and there's a part of me that caused a controversy. I said, you know, bring on the autonomous trucks. You know why? Because they're not going to be veering in my lane because they're watching Netflix going down the road. You know, they're, they're not going to drive and whether that they shouldn't, you know, autonomous trucks going to back, you know, is going to shut down, you know? And, um, I mean, I can't tell you, I, I had to take my mom's you know, we had to move my mom up to upstate New York from Springfield and I had to take a box truck. <laughs> I was one of those guys up to New York state with their stuff. And I was just appalled at the truck drivers. You know, if I see somebody in the left lane, you know, trying to push the vehicle out of the way, I mean, that, that is a pet peeve with me. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of these regulations that we are our own worst enemy. And so to add the 18-year-olds in the mix, it's just going to give them, well, you know, look, crashes went up and, well, it's not our fault, but check this out. Now we're going to have this regulation, this regulation, this regulation, while not changing the root of the issue. Yeah. 
you know, hundred percent. And I tell people all the time, this, this is exactly how government thinking works is when they come up with a plan and then that plan meets reality, they don't sit back and think, okay, the plan is wrong or, you know, we screwed something up. So let's change some things. The thinking goes, we're just not doing the plan hard enough. Mm -hmm. So even, even more stupid crap comes down the line. Um, Brewster, I'm so sorry for talking over you this whole time. I know you, <laughs> you said something. You, you had, uh, yeah, I've been we, quiet talking, over there. Uh, well, he, there's uh, like, a, there's just, like, this is just his time to talk during the podcast. Yeah. You know, I got the website, I got all the articles. Justin, have, Justin gets, Justin gets like a, a front end loader full of stuff dumped on him to edit and cut up every day. He yeah. doesn't get much time to go out and play. <laughs> I just had my coffee before we started here, too. So I'm like super chatty. Oh, but, yeah. um, you you'd mentioned something uh, in our previous uh, podcast we recorded the other day about somebody was in a truck where they only have to touch the steering wheel every fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember where I was. It was. Uh, I don't know if something that's if Freightliner's coming out with. Yeah, I believe it's Freightliner. I don't know if it's part of that new super truck too, but you know, they're going to drive down the road. They only have to touch the steering wheel fifteen minutes. It'll. It's got the. the advanced uh, lidar and uh, tracking you know what's what's somebody gonna do in that 15 minutes they're gonna go to the back they're gonna get up they're gonna do something they're gonna fix them something to eat they ain't gonna worry about driving down the road and, and 15 probably minutes is an eternity and probably well, what they'll do is they'll find like they'll find that little uh, touch skin and just wrap it around the steering wheel that way that steering wheel thinks oh I'm, I'm getting bioelectric feedback somebody's touching it so i'm just gonna keep on going hey, ain't anybody gonna be in that seat they're gonna be taking a nap yeah, I I the first time check this out. So I went to Mid America Truck Show last year in, in a rental car for the first time. Usually I'm there in a truck, and I'm oh. sitting there driving the rental car because we own 20 year old vehicles. We're we're not the latest. You know, we don't do the keep up <laughs> with the Joneses, which is why I can afford to stay home a lot because I don't have an 800 dollar F 150 payment. You know. Anyways, I get in the rental car and I notice the steering was just like, man, this thing's almost like it's fighting me or something. You know, and then like does this have assisted steering? So I, I kind of like on a turn, I like, I like did this, I let go a little bit. I'm like, Whoa. But then all of a sudden this alarm comes up, this truck or this car is not equipped with this. Uh, put your hands back on the steering wheel. And so I was telling that to a friend of mine and he was like, did you know that you can get on Amazon and buy devices that will clamp onto the yep. steering wheel? Yeah. So, yep. I mean, to, yep. to manipulate the, the car thinking that you're holding on, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And, and he's like, nope. And I totally see that that's going to be a bad thing because, you know, th it, there's some viral like, videos. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rister. Yeah, it's kind of like those uh, little slap br slap bracelet bands. You just slap it onto the steering wheel and, hey, all right, take me where I want to go. <laughs> well, that was one of the first uh, major accidents with Tesla and their, um, you know, so-called autopilot was a guy was watching a video on his iPad and it had it propped up on the steering wheel. And he had one of those clamps that sticks onto the side of the steering wheel. And so the way that Tesla's autopilot works is they don't use LiDAR. They don't use like a bunch of sensors. They literally use cameras and then a ton of AI real-time uh, image crunching to figure out what objects the cameras are looking at. Mm -hmm. And at that time, unfortunately, a semi was crossing. Uh, the, it was on a state highway, so it wasn't a limited access interstate. But a semi-trailer was going across the road and the cameras on the car looked at it and went, Oh, that's a cloud and just decapitated him and in, inside that car <laughs> going under that trailer. Wow. And so that's, that's a, you know, they still got a couple bugs to work out with, the, with these systems here. Well, 
what what um, I remember there was a Tesla that wrecked and the guy was in the construction zone using the autopilot where he shouldn't have. And you, you guys have seen those construction zones where the lines kind of half disappear, but then all of a sudden there's the cement barrier. Yep. There, I think it was one of those scenarios where, you know, and, and that, that's the thing. It's like, okay, you can have this autopilot, but you got to behave. Mm-hmm. Well, 99.9% of the regulations we have in the trucking industry because we couldn't behave. <laughs> <laughs> so how's that going to end up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I, I get in arguments with these guys on, on TikTok about like, oh, it's, you know, it's not the ELDs that did this. It's not this. It's not, it's, it's always the driver, the driver, the driver. They want to like mm. take these, these, these numbers of, of accidents that have gone up, all, all these statistics of things going wrong and blame it on one individual driver at a time and i'm like okay that's not how people work people operate on incentives so if you've got a driver who's trying to race a clock because he's going to run out of hours because he was stuck in traffic for three hours that driver's going to run a little bit harder and it's those tiny little decisions that when you expand that over you know a million and a half you know drivers in in the the country that's what's going to cause the accidents to go up yeah and and there's uh you know i i hate the term forced right you know because the company I was with, we were one of the first companies on the e-logs, uh, you know, the on the on the tracks based one, the Qualcomm based one, because a lot of us were outlaws, you know. And what I found was you were stressed out because that clock. I mean, we had people that were breaking the Qualcomm screens, like, oh, hey, by the way, those are like <laughs> six hundred bucks a piece, you know. And what I, 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 you know, I call and, them pian- I call them pinatas for a reason, you know. <laughs> And and there would and so every now and then a driver's like, Oh my gosh, I got the red line, it's beeping at me, what do I do? I'm like, let it beep at you. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. If you falsify a log, that is worse than just going over your hours. Yeah. And so that was one of the things as a trainer, I said, Don't let this keep you from being safe. If you're an hour over your time, you're gonna get a call from safety, they're gonna like they're gonna be like, What the hell? You tell them what the hell, and you tell them what's up, and then that's it. There's not going to be anything else. But if you sit there and try to drive like a bat out of hell and 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 force yourself to do situations that you're not supposed to do um, because that red line is stressing you out, that's where you have accidents. And so w- early in the ELD game, when right before they mandated, I said the ELD is not about safety; it's about compliance. You know, and what's funny is one of my on my original channel, the Snorler OG channel, I do a video about e-logs. It's so, it's so outdated, right? But it has over like 65,000 views. And I made that video because people would see the sticker on my truck, you know, 10 years ago, like, so what happens after 11 hours? Your truck shuts off, right? No, (laughs) you're forced to pull over (laughs) on the side of the road, aren't you? No. I mean, people, all these weird rumors are going around. All oh, the trucks. Yeah, that's really safe. You're going down the interstate and the truck shuts off because you're over your <laughs> 11 hours. You know, people don't think. And and so I I made that video like truck doesn't shut off. All you got this thing is screaming at you. And and that's it. And so, again, it goes back to the calm mind. But, you know, to sit there and, and have self or assisted steering in a semi, I mean, have you ever blown a steer tire? Either, either one of you guys ever blown a steer tire? Never never had the opportunity. No, Man, you're I doing 70 miles an hour. To. Yeah, I mean, I, I've blown one, but it was in a parking lot. You know, I, I was getting off the exit, or I was getting on the interstate. I, it was outside of Wichita, and I heard a clank. I'm like, huh, that was a weird sound, but I didn't see anything in the road. 
I get to the shipper and I literally am in the gate and the truck's like, <laughs> yeah. and I look and my steer tire is like, yo, what's up? I'm dead. You know? And so <laughs> it, 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 it's, uh, I I've never, you know, knock on wood. I I've never blown a steer going down the interstate, but I know people that have, and, and it takes, you know, Schneider oh, yeah. trains you, they put you out, put you on a simulator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your steer is going to blow. And you're like, mm, and you're like, you know, it really keep, jaunts you. Keep your hands on the outside of the steering wheel. Never, never rest your hands inside. That, that was the one that always like traumatized me. It was at a trainer at Schneider. And he was like, put your hands inside the steering wheel. All right. We're sitting in the parking lot. And he's like, all right, now imagine you, your, your tire blew and that wheel is going to spin three times counterclockwise and it's just going to you know snap both your arms like a twig and i went mm-hmm. okay it just took my hands out <laughs> took my hands out of the steering wheel oh yeah if you watch nascar drivers when they get in a wreck at some point they just let go you know yeah. it's going to do it so they don't break their their wrists um yeah. you know so if you're if you're sitting there out there i'm making a sandwich look at my truck drive itself because you bought those stupid clamp things you know and all of a sudden you blow a steer you know i can understand <laughs> yeah. You know, we've all done the back scratcher thing where you're like reaching way back to try to get that bag yeah. of chips you shouldn't be eating. <laughs> you know? So, and, and there were some videos where a guy actually was in the sleeper with, with rope and he was actually steering the steering wheel, like, uh, like, you know, like reins of, of a horse carriage or whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff is out there all the time. And, and there's that video, there's a video. I, I watch a lot of videos. There's a video of, of a guy that, um, he was trying to reach it back and, and he did the whole, he did the whole stand up thing real, and, and then boom, he, he wrecked gone. the yep. truck. Yeah. Plenty, yeah. plenty of videos like that. And so there's going to be some YouTube, TikTok, whatever you want gold coming up. If, if, you know, once these, uh, steer assisted trucks start coming out. Although oh, they're not coming out. They're already here. Oh. I, I got to drive one from, um, a company called plus and it's nice, nice little truck. Um, but I told them, I was like, the, the, the best person to drive this kind of truck is somebody with absolutely zero experience just to get the training wheels on and then move them on to something else or somebody with decades of experience and they just want to ride out their, you know, sunset years, not, not stressing about the drive too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, hands down, the worst kind of person you could put in a truck like this long term is somebody with like just six months to a, a year or two experience because they're never going to fully develop their repertoire of skills as a driver with all these training wheels put on the truck yeah and and i think that's what's contributing to a lot of these pileups you know a lot of people blame the lack of a cb radio on these winter pileups but now that is an element i'm a huge advocate for cb radios um it has saved my butt more times than the qualcomm than the gps than the phone um but with that being said these collision mitigation systems and i have one on my truck and i absolutely despise Mm it um not because I mean, it, it's, it's kind of saved my butt. There was a time where this car cut in front of me and slammed on his brakes right when I was checking my mirror and the truck went ding and then hit the brakes and yeah. scares the crap out of you, you know? So in that element, it's good. But if it's miscalibrated, you know, an overpass sets you off or someone cuts in front of you and hits their brakes before they get off the ramp, that's annoying. But in the winter time, that's yeah. where, you know, and, and so I think the lack of experience, the pressure on to the drivers that are you know, sometimes making poverty level wages and they just got to keep rolling and then not looking far ahead improper training. I think that's what's causing these pileups to the point that Pennsylvania is like, oh yeah, it's going to snow trucks. You're out, stay home, <laughs> you know, and you're going to start seeing more of that. I had a driver last week stuck, um, out in Wyoming for three days because of pileups, you know, Wyoming yeah. will open it, 
they're off of, off of 80. Oh, well, we're going to open for an hour, and sure enough, the super trucker's doing She's 80 miles up. an hour. Yep. Instead of hugging the rumble strips to get traction, they're boom, and then they wipe out, and then you're closed again. Yeah, so. the, the the footage that uh, people have been releasing now. So you got hobbyist broadcasters like us. You got hobbyist drone pilots. You know, you, you, There's all kinds of cool little hobbies you can get to on the road as a driver. And some of the drone footage I'm seeing that these guys are putting out is is phenomenal. It's horrific because it's, you know, 50 trucks all smashed into each other. You know, it's going to take days to, to clear the highway. But this kind of footage you would never have seen, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think that's a part of I think we've always had pileups. Um, you know, they're just, you know, now, now they're out in the Internet. But, but I do know that there's probably been an uptick. I mean, look what happened in Dallas a couple of years ago during an ice storm. That was just like, yeah, that was insane. Well, Dallas yeah. is the worst place to not, be in an ice storm, by the way. Not a couple of years ago. I mean, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. it got oh, bad yeah. again. And, they, you know, they were having to uh, tow people up the hill in a rock wall, you know, up on the northeast <laughs> side of town. That That's an interesting point you mentioned about PA. You know, I, I, I do. I see that happening now later on. As, as we're going down the road too, like as soon as there's like an, even a hint of potentially bad road conditions, they're just going to shut, shut the whole highway down for trucks. You know, they'll limit it to like all wheel drive vehicles and stuff. But as they say in the Northwest, you know, all wheel drive is all wheel slide. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather be in Chicago during an ice storm than, than Dallas. I mean, I I've done that. I've played that game. And as a trainer, I, I, I have no problem shutting down. Um, I tell the guys, you know, shut down. If the load's late, the load's late. It's, it's not a big deal. Don't let, just like that red line on the ELD, don't let that, don't let that affect your decision to be safe, you know? And, and so as time has progressed, I'm seeing a lot of people, like I was almost hit at a Costco. This guy, obviously I don't, there's no way that he passed the CDL test. No freaking way he passed the (laughs) legit CDL test because I was sitting there at the dock and he was coming in again i'm using visual because i forget i'm on a podcast but he was crossing <laughs> my view and he started to cut to the left and almost took out my hood and had i not been in the front had i been in the sleeper or whatever I, he would have nailed me hard like like yeah. let's rebuild your truck hard and so i hit the air horn he looks at me and he's just like puts his arms up like oops sorry and then he backed up and i got out i'm like are you trying to get in the stock next to me he's like He's like, oh, first day, first day, first. I'm like, okay, first day. So he, he, I, I try to help him. There was a language barrier. I try to help him get up to stage himself. And it took him 20 minutes just to do us. I mean, this is Costco in Morris, Illinois, where it's some of the easiest backing. And he, he had no concept whatsoever. I said, there's no, I mean, this is not even your first day. This is like, like, Hey, uh, I know you show up in a Volkswagen, but can you drive this truck to Morris real quick for us? I mean, and, and you're seeing a lot more and more of that. And those are where the regulations should be centered. You know, it, I would, I would see that all the time at the post office before I left in the wintertime when uh, the volume picks up and they need bulk mail shuffled from one facility to the other because of room, they'll get these guys that come in fresh off the boat and it's usually their cousin or their uncle or whoever that gets them the job. They give them a truck. They run it till the wheels fall off for about a year or two. And then they go back home with all the U.S. dollars they've made here because the exchange rate where they're going, usually Russia, um, is, is much higher over there. And that, that, that 
angered me so much. Like I'm all for, by all means, if, if you want to drive, come to the country, work your butt off, make as much money as you can, but you need to be able to read and write the language. I mean, that, that's number one right there for having a CDL. You have to be able to communicate uh, in English and um, you got to know where you're going. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get to the gate at the main postal plant in Philadelphia and there's a guy in a, a Volvo, you know, parked there with his four ways on and I mosey up to the window. I'm like, what's up driver? And, and his best broken English, English as he can, as he can muster. He's like, Hey, how do I get to I-95 from here? And I was like, Oh man. Okay. First of all, I-95 North or South. Cause there's, you know, two different routes and th- the thousand yard stare that he had, he just realized just how out of his depth he was. Mm-hmm. And I don't begrudge the driver in a situation like that. I, I, my anger and wrath is towards the broker or the dispatcher or whoever put him in that situation to begin with, because one, they're not there. They don't have to deal with the mess of cleaning up after this guy, after, you know, smear somebody on the pavement because right. he doesn't know what, know what the hell he's doing. And I, th- I think now with, um, you know, the war in Russia and Ukraine and stuff that those, those guys aren't coming in here as, as much as they were the last two years. And that's why there's more of a rush to, to get the high schoolers uh, behind the, behind the wheel now. Yeah, interesting. I've had I was picking up at a shipper there in uh, oh just south of Dallas there um, at the PNG plant, and there was a guy and it was a uh, I believe he was Hispanic and and they had to give him the the instructions to uh, drop your tra- trailer in door X and then your next trailer is in door X on the other side and and I had to get on Google Translate and say how do you say go to door one hundred one in in Spanish. And then had to play it for him because the the guy didn't just didn't understand that. That'd be like me, like, Hey, Steve, go to Japan and become a truck driver. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you couldn't read anything. I mean, you know, have you, you, know have you seen the rigs they got out there? They're pretty sweet. <laughs> oh yeah. I follow some European um, drivers and yeah, they got some, they got some nice rigs out there. The Chrome, man, California is banning uh, Chrome as fast as they can, but uh, Japan seems to be buying up as much as they can. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's. I always laugh at these older, old school truck drivers. If you don't know how to drive a manual, you ain't a real truck driver. Well, that, that's all of Europe because they've been on automated yeah. transmissions for for years. You know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to tell somebody like that that comes over here that you're not a real truck driver. You know, shut the hell up. To, to their credit, the, the early automatics that I drove, they were absolute piles of shit. You know, no doubt, and yeah. they've gotten a lot better. The last last three trucks I was in. They were automatics, and it's great because you know you're driving in the city and you're not having to deal with the traffic, uh, driving pushing the clutch, you know, stop and go. But um, yeah, like you said, everybody overseas. Snorlin, you said you was uh, you like to go to Matt's. Uh, are you planning to go to the Main American Truck Show this year? Yes, yes. We uh, oh. my hotel right, cool. reservations been made. I'll I will be representing. Um, I'll be there at the Thunder Funding booth. Um, Thunder Funding One Two Three Low Board and Like Trucking. Uh, we'll be there at that booth and, and I'll be there representing. And, uh, if you have any questions, if you want to come up and take a selfie, if you want to flip me off and tell me I'm horrible, then, you know, you know how to find me. So, you know, I get it. No, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but are any of us really? And it's free. People, people forget that it's free and there's free truck parking. Yep. So if you want to give us the finger, we're going to be there too. (laughs) Yes. We're, uh, Yeah, uh, going through the process, finalizing our plans. Uh, this by the time this podcast comes out, we should have everything ready to announce what we're doing. Uh, it, it's just uh, I think it's the, the the best way to put it. It's like how big of a snowball are we going to roll here? Because it's gotten pretty darn big. 
from uh you know just wanted to go there cover the event to what what we have uh in the in the back going on right now but yeah back truck up's going to be in some way shape or fashion at mid american truck show uh we'll be uh putting announcements on that pretty here pretty soon so uh we could probably pick up this conversation again sometime at Matt's, you know, uh, Oh yeah. Get a part two of this going on. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I don't know what your guys' agenda was with my interview today, but I, I, I imagine it probably wasn't anything that like what we've done. Uh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> we have no script. I, oh, okay. I have, I'll, I usually, so before we start something like this, I'll have like four or five topics I want to go through, but the rest of it is just, uh, I'm going to see where the top, where the uh, conversation and the coffee takes me. Oh, awesome. There you we, go. We really have no uh, rhyme or reason to have the stuff we do on here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I imagine at Matt's, it's just going to be like a bunch of guys look like us with like cameras and microphones. And it's just going to be Running hundreds of hours of content. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> have, have you tons, ever tons been to Matt's be before? No, I think. R- 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 this is our, nah, I didn't get to go. <laughs> I can warn you about it. So here's the thing, man. Here's how it goes. Thursday, you get you show up. You're like, oh my god, this just is so massive. And you, and you look around. You're in awe, right? And then you're just looking around and you're lost. You you don't know where to start, where to go, where to begin. And then okay, so you go to bed Thursday night, and then Friday, you're like, okay, we're gonna go in there with a plan. We're gonna we're gonna okay, we're gonna start on this end, and we're gonna go to this end, and we're gonna meet these people, and we're gonna do this. And you walk in, and you're like. Oh my gosh, it's so big. And you just look around again and you're lost again. And then you get distracted and then you buy something you don't need. And then someone hands you 20 <laughs> pens of their trucking company you don't care about. And, and then, and then you manage to get only half of what you wanted to do done. And then, and then Sunday or Saturday, Saturday, same thing. And your feet will hurt. Bring a good pair of shoes. Absolutely. And your yeah. feet will hurt and bring your wallet because Food ain't too terribly high, but you know, it, it'll probably be worse this year and, and, and just have a good SD card or a good memory on your phone and, 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 and just, and you're not going to be able to see it all. And then there's the outside trucks, the actual truck show part of it, because it's two things. It's a truck show, it's a community, but then it's also a trade show. And then, and then you guys are there with the narrative, with the purpose, and and that's going to be yeah it, it, tied so, up. yeah, two thirds of the time having to do what we got to do to make sure our bills yep. are paid, right? And 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 so you start off with great intentions, but really at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend, you're like, wow, my feet hurt. I just wandered aimlessly, getting lost and talking to various people. I don't think I've accomplished anything. <laughs> So. I kind of liken this to so I've been to Comic Con twice, San Diego Comic Con, uh-huh. you know, the, the 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 Vietnam of of uh, conventions, and then in my teens and twenties, I did a bunch of like you know stupid comic book and anime conventions in Florida. So I'm I'm no stranger to this to this type of stuff. To me, it's just the scope. You know, when I when I read because it's free, they have like you know tens of thousands of people in attendance plus free truck parking, and just the size and scope is 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 I think what's going to be like ooh ah initially but the rest of it is basically you know it's it's stuff i've been through before but there's just going to be so many people and so many things to see and so many you know other companies that you're trying to talk to like like you said you you, mike tyson says you know everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth and that's that's (laughs) kind of well that's kind of what's going to happen here thursday and friday no punching thursday and friday the public's not in there 
right? The general public, right? You, you got to be mm-hmm. someone involved in the industry. It's Saturday, and I kid you not. So they call it trucker treat. What you do is you walk around with these bags, and, and people hand you free pens, free shirts, free free notepads. I mean, I haven't had to buy a pen in like three years. So it, it, it's uh, – but Saturday, you have families that show up that want all this free stuff, and they will show up with wagons. Mm. They will show up with – and the kids love it, you know, and, and they get all the free toys and the free – like free foamy trucks like this and, and yeah. just – you know, like we've got an Uber freight blanket that the cats love, you know, and, and, and so Saturday is the most intense day when it comes to the public. Cause now the general public's in there and they're there to gawk at the trucks and get free stuff. That's, that's all they're there for. So we, we've been to two large uh, live events through freight waves and it seems to be the new one this year is these uh, tins of mints. When you open up the tin is the mints are little trucks mm-hmm. um so I, I i see a lot of those this year yeah and then, and then you, think, have booths, you have booths yeah booths that give you free beer and you have booths that give you free food and you know we give away free coffee like you show up at the thunder funding booth you know um we'll, we'll we got a keurig there and we we give you coffee you know and and it, it's a good time I, <clears throat> I i can't wait to see you guys there i think it'll be i don't think it'll be good we'll, yeah. we'll compare beards it'll be awesome Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I was thinking of getting a trim, but I'm now I'm like, nah, let me, let me let this uh, grow out a little bit here. There's going to be some, some uh, tough competition out there. Rooster, you got some catching up to do. <laughs> I try it, but the problem is uh, one of the reasons I'm actually at my home is to take care of my mom. I lost my dad to COVID a couple of years back. And oh, every time I that. try to grow mine out, every time I try to grow mine out, mom looks at me like, you're a woolly booger. Cut that thing off. <laughs> woolly booger. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new favorite. I would think road. it's just. That's, I would that's think it's just favorite. too damn. Go ahead. Sorry, I would Jeff. think it's just too damn hot down there to grow a beard. What? Well, starting to grow a beard, and if you do it in the if you start in the winter, it's fine. There's no humidity, but like now it's starting to warm up. We're starting to get some of that uh, the rainfall coming in from the Gulf, and it's the heat and humidity starts to kick in. Yeah. Like the other day, it was 95 percent humidity. Yeah, you'll start breaking out and irritated and be real cherry faced. Like, you know, you've been in a liquor bottle all night, but it's just <laughs> a bad time to start one during the spring and the fall. Summer, when it's hot and dry, you can do it. Winter, when it's cold and dry, you can do it. But in between, there's no way. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Storlord, you've been more than gracious with your time. Uh, it's been such a blast talking with you. I, Rooster was the one who found you, so I'm I'm really glad we uh, had a chance to talk. And, uh, I've actually been like waiting ecstatically for this to get the, some of the YouTube trucking community on here. We've had plenty of TikTokers, but I want to get you know yourself. Try to get Jeff tracked down, Big Rig CEO, uh, other trucking coach, some of those guys uh, brought in here so they could tell their stories and lend their expertise. Well, I I appreciate you guys having me on. I ho- I hope to do this again. You know. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I I appreciate I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me in, and and I'm happy to do it anytime. So just let me know, and we'll get her done. Absolutely. Where uh, can people find you online if you want to point them in the right direction? Uh, so on uh, YouTube, just put at Snowlord, and you'll find both my channels. I have Snowlord, the Caveman Viking Metalhead. You know the long name. That that one's my primary <laughs> channel where I talk about rates and, uh, and lanes and, and i do go off the cuff sometimes saturday night i do feeds 
you might even see me bust out a guitar or a set of drums and, and do that. And then Snorlord OG is my smaller channel. I like to get that up. Instagram at Snorlord, Facebook at Snorlord, um, TikTok, don't even try. And um, <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think yeah. at one time I had a Snapchat, but then, you know, oh um, yeah. yeah, I I was like, no. And so I, I, I don't know if I deactivated that or not, or if it's just out there in, in internet lindo, lingo. And then if you're interested about the company I work for or my dispatch services, you can go to uh, www.liketrucking.com or uh, rigrunnerlogistics.com, and you'll you can find and contact me that way as well. So, awesome, awesome, and uh, yeah, you know, once again, Snorlord, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, hope to see hope to see you, Matt, uh, and uh, try to get a, get get another session in with you and uh, for everybody else out there you know matt's is uh let me check calendar real quick uh march 30th through april 1st louisville kentucky at the louisville uh, exposition center uh like we like we've been saying it's free you don't really have an excuse not to go acres and acres of truck parking and a exhibition hall the size of a nfl stadium basically to walk around and check out everything and, uh, you know, that being said, uh, I'm James Rooster Bowen. I'm here with Justin Martin and Stormlord, and we will catch you guys down the road. Mm-hmm.